We've been studying in our night services for, I think this is the fifth time, uh, 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 from a book. We're studying from a book by Dr. Leroy Thompson called How to Find Your Wealthy Place. Been studying on prosperity. Wealth is a part of that goodness of God, that love of God that he wants to show you. Amen? Praise God. And so um, we've been studying directly from the book. And so I will just read to you uh, the preface, a little bit out of the preface like we've done every week. It says, we've already prayed, so we can just jump right in. Leroy, the Lord told me, Leroy, I have given you a voice for money, and I have given my people ears to hear. I have anointed you to get the truth across to my people. They are going to get it this time like never before. Keep the vision clear. Keep the revelation clear. Do not compromise. Do not apologize. This time I will not be denied. Praise God, I get excited every time I read that. And then he says, there's a place you can go where you do not have to even think about money because you have so much of it. And listen to this, and every believer, not just a select few, can go there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God wants to prosper you for the sake of the gospel, for the kingdom's sake. Hallelujah. I'm going to read from page 19 now. And this is something I've read before, but just to review, y'all, and catch you up to speed. The Lord once spoke to me and said, Tell my children that they can, can't dream any bigger than I can deliver. When you get a hold of this revelation and begin to act on it, God will take you into your wealthy place. You will be headed for a blessing traffic jam. While you are sleeping, he will do the work. Just believe him and refuse to let go of his promise. In fact, he can, he can increase you rapidly. It doesn't have to be a slow work. God will bring rapid increase to your house if you will take him at his word. Amen. So we can do that, can't we? Well, we started last, uh, on Wednesday night, we started to study. We've been studying from the book, just directly from the book. And Colin has ordered some books out. I don't think they're in yet. But anyway, for those of you that requested a book. But anyway, we're studying directly from the book. And Wednesday night, we started the nine foundation stones uh, that must be in place in order to enter your wealthy place. The first foundation stone was to use the word of God that's been proven in your life to fight your battles. In other words, that you not only need to, you have to have the Word of God in you. You can't go by the Word of God that's in me. You can't just have a general knowledge of the Word of God. You have to have a working knowledge of the Word of God. You have to have the Word of God in you proven in your life. And there's only one way to get it in there, family, and that's to put it in there verse by verse. Amen? And so we talked about how to do that. I would encourage you to get that tape if you need more information on specifically how to do that. Number two, the second thing we studied last week was not to be high-minded. 1 Corinthians 6.17 tells us, and we'll just go there because we're going to read from that again tonight, going over to 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. See, you've got to get prepared to get rich. You need to learn everything that the Word says about what to do when you're rich because that way you're prepared to be rich, aren't you? Thank you, Jesus. And so this verse is talking to rich people. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, say, I'm getting prepared for my wealthy place. Amen. Are you there? It says, charge them that are rich in this world that they, may, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. 
Now, he doesn't tell them to pray that you could be poor. Amen. He tells them not to be high-minded. And the message translation, we read this last week, says that he says it this way. He says, if you're rich, not, don't, don't be full of yourself. Amen. Not to be high-minded. Be nice to people is how we summed it up, one of the ways we summed it up last week. Okay, so we're going to go on tonight. don't have time to go into detail on those, but we spent one whole night just covering those two. So, uh, like I said, get the tape. Number three, the third foundation stone that must be in place to enter your wealthy place is found right there in verse 17 that we just read, and it's don't put your trust in uncertain riches. He said there in verse 17, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. Money is uncertain. Did y'all know that? Especially money without God. Don't put your trust in money because the wealth and the riches of this world are unstable. Many fortunes have been lost overnight. Did y'all know that? Many fortunes have been lost overnight. So we never want to put our trust in money. Proverbs 23, verse 5. I'm going to read that to you. Hallelujah. Proverbs 23 is the Lord is our shepherd chapter. You know it well. You've been quoting it. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I was thinking Psalm 23, but it's 23, 5. Hallelujah. Got myself a little off there. Because the Lord is my shepherd says, I shall not want. And so we're going to study that in a little bit. It says, Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. So, so riches can take wings and fly away, can't they? So we're not to put our trust in them. We're not to set our eyes on money, but to set our eyes on God as our source. We need to not ever set your eyes on your job as your source. Your job is not your source. God is your source. Amen? People are not your source. People are not your source. Sometimes when we get to believe in God for something, we'll, if you're not careful, you'll get to looking at people. And you know, you, you, I've had this happen where I, where I felt like sometimes uh, that you know, people had dropped hints in my presence. See, when, when you feel like you have... No, not nobody here. Nobody's here's done that. But when you feel like you have to drop hints in the presence of people, then you're looking at people as your source. Listen, I want to tell you something, family. Now, you might not agree with this, but uh, you, when you have a need, the best thing you can do is tell God. You don't have to tell your mama and your daddy. Pastor and I don't tell our mom and dad if we have a need. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. So not getting our eyes on people as our source. Not getting our eyes on, if we're in business, we can't get our eyes on customers as our source. We can't get our eyes on relatives as our source. No human person is your source. God is your source. And if you make a job your source, you're going to bow to that job. You're going to have a fear of man. You're going to have to do everything they say at that job, no matter what it is. You're going to have to drink when you don't want to drink. You're going to have to go to the Christmas party and do things you don't want to do. Why? Because you'll be afraid of what they'll think. Then that job is your source. But when you make God your source... It doesn't matter what. They, they can close the plant down. They can have layoffs. And you can just walk in faith because you'll know that God will never leave you without. 
See, you've got to get down in your heart what Psalms says. Psalms said, I, uh, David uh, said in the Psalms, he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Amen? Get that in your heart that you'll never be forsaken because God loves you. You will never be forsaken. Your seed, your babies, your kids, they will never have to beg for bread. Amen? You'll never have to be on welfare. You'll never, ever, ever, ever have to be on welfare. You'll never, ever, ever, ever have to have food stamps. You'll never, ever, ever, ever have to have WIC I don't, and what all other things they've got. Amen. You'll never have to. Why? Because the righteous have never been forsaken, nor will their seed ever have to beg for bread. Amen. When you put your trust in God, He will never let you down. When you put your trust in man, you're doomed for failure. They will let you down, and God will not, He will not be able to move on your behalf because you're not trusting in Him. Amen? And you'll be mad at people. A lot of people want to put their trust uh, in... in, in um, they'll come into a church and want to put their trust in a church. And when they get in financial trouble, they want the church to supply their needs. Well, first of all, you know, Pastor and I, we're at this point in this church where we're believing every month to pay the rent. Y'all, I mean, you know, you may think that, uh, you know, oh, man, you know... Hey, listen, we are, we are in faith just like you. Amen. We're believing to pay the rent at the church. We're believing for the bills to be paid. We're believing the money in. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But I tell you what, the people that do right, they don't ever have to ask. And what do I mean by do right? One thing, come to church. If you'll come to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, you won't ever have to call pastor and say, Pastor, I can't pay my bills. Why? Because you'll get the Word of God in you, and the Word of God will produce a harvest. You know who has to ask? The ones that drop by every once in a while, and the ones that never even come to church. We get a steady stream of calls. I think I know four last week calls. One of them I couldn't even understand what she said. She said, uh, 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 something about, y'all have a fund? Now, I mean, would some, would, did, what, who would give anybody money that calls them up and you say, good morning, Word of Life Church, y'all have a fund? Listen, if I was going to get money that way, bless God, I'd put, I'd put, I'd figure out some ways to, to I'd really put it on. Amen. And you know, it's just, it's just a, it's a system they work. It's a system. They take the phone book and they just call every church. Amen? There's an answer. And you know, we tell them sometimes, well, come to church. But they don't ever show. Not one time has one of them ever showed up at church. Pastors even told them, come to church and I'll see about helping you. Not one time have they ever showed up at church. They don't want the Word of God. They want just cash, money. Amen? Family, the righteous are never forsaken and they're seed begging for bread. That tells me one thing. Either they don't even, aren't even saved and they don't know God or they don't know they're righteous. Amen? They're ignorant of the fact that they're righteous and that they don't have to beg bread. All they have to do is tell their heavenly Father. Amen? 
Now, when you start talking to God about need, he's going to start talking to you about seed. You know, they think when you, they go to God with a need that God's going to t- start funneling money to them. No, when you go to God with a need, he's going to say, sow a seed. And you say, well, I don't have money. Well, find something to sow. Find something. You've got something. Find it and sow it. When you start talking to God about prosperity, he talks to you about bigger seeds. Really? And you don't, no, 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 you don't understand God. God, here's what I want you to do. I want you to prosper me, and then I'm going to start sowing and giving to the church and sowing into people's lives. No, 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 honey, that's not how it works. That's like telling the fire, give me some heat and I'll give you some wood. No, you've got to give the fire wood before it gives you heat. And the way the kingdom of God works is you put seed in the ground and then you get a harvest. You put seed in the ground, you water it. You put seed in the ground, you water it. You put seed in the ground, you water it. You put seed in the ground, you water it. And first you get little harvest. But if you'll put, when you just put seed on a continual basis, you get a continual harvest. You begin to have a continual harvest. Amen? Hallelujah. That's how it works. Okay. So don't put your eyes on money. Now there is an anointing to prosper. You do not want money without the anointing. If you have the anointing to prosper, then the money will come. Money always comes if you know the word and if you have the proper foundation. Did you hear me on that? Money always comes if you know the word and you have the proper foundation. Amen? Money always comes if you know the word and if you have the proper foundation. When you get rich in faith and have the anointing to prosper, it won't matter to you whether the money you need is in the bank or if you need to call it in by faith, it will be all the same to you. You'll know when you have the anointing, you'll know when you're rich in faith and you have the anointing to prosper when it doesn't matter to you whether it's in the bank or you have to call it in by faith because it's just the same to you. In other words, you know you have it. doesn't matter if it's in your bank account or not. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to read to you some more from the book. He said, I'd rather have the anointing to prosper than to have money without the anointing. If I have money without the anointing, then if I lose the money, I'm broke. And I may never be rich again. But with the anointing, you could drop me off in a jungle somewhere with nothing but the clothes on my back, and a few months later, I'd be king of that jungle. I'd come out of there at least as one of the top men, and I'd be prosperous. Family, this stuff works anywhere, and we could. You could put you and me, we could go anywhere, into any place, and it wouldn't be long till you'd be on top. With nothing. Why? Because you got the Word of God in you and the anointing to prosper is on you. You know God loves you. You know that He wants to prosper you. You know He doesn't want you poor. You know the principles of the kingdom of God. You know the law of sowing and reaping. Hallelujah. Family, you are not in a bad place. Why? Because you know these things. You're ahead of 99.9% of the whole world. Right now, you're ahead of them. Why? Because you know something. 
And the Bible says that when you know something, more will be given to you. And when you don't know nothing, even what you think you have will be taken away. You can't go anywhere but up. Why? Because you know something. You know the principles of the Word of God. You may not know all of them. You may not know every detail of them. But if you've been in this church any time, you know the basics. Amen. You know enough to get you to the next step. Amen. You know. Hallelujah. But they, you know what you need to do? There is just only one thing you need to do. You've already done all the right things except one thing, and that's it, is just don't faint. Just don't faint. If you will just not faint, if you will just keep on keeping on, if you'll just keep on looking at the Lord and keeping God as your source, that's all you need to do. That's all you need to do because I, I, I mean, I wanted to say that because there's been a time in my life when I was going, oh God, oh God, what do I need to do? Maybe I didn't say it right. Maybe I didn't believe it right. Maybe I didn't sow enough. Maybe I should, you know. No, all you need to do is just keep on keeping on. Just don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing good is what Galatians says. If you'll not grow weary in doing good, just stay hooked up. Stay, stay, stay in the Word. The Bible says be instant, in season and out. When it feels good, when it doesn't feel good. Just stay in there. Amen. Now, it might not be happening as fast as you'd like it to happen, but hallelujah, God's speeding up everything. So that's good news for you. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have the anointing to prosper, you don't worry or concern yourself with money. That's how you tell if you've got the anointing to prosper right now is you do not worry or concern yourself with money. Even if you have a pile of bills, you do not worry or concern yourself with money. Now, that doesn't mean you ignore them. I've known people before, men, who just didn't want, just would ignore them. Well, that doesn't mean you, no, you face them. And you face them and you do what you can with them. And you speak the word of God over them. And you tell them, Bill, I'm telling you, you're paid in Jesus' name. I call the money in for this. You get active in your faith. If you've got a bill and it's $7,000, then you call $7,000 in. And God may say, sow a seed. You say, no, I need to pay that on the bill. Don't do it. That's eating your seed. Sow it. Amen. And you know God will work. You know, he may not be able to bring all the $7,000 to you at once, but he'll make a way. He'll hang you on another month somehow until you can get your faith to the point till you get that whole thing paid off. Amen? I mean, you have to face them, though. If you go stick your head in the sand and you don't do right by people and you don't do right by credit card companies and you don't do right by men that you owe, you do right by them. You face the challenges. You face that Goliath, but you face it with the Word of God and you speak the Word of God to it and you tell those men, I will pay this and this is what I can pay now. If it's $2, you pay it. You can, it's all you can pay. I'll send you this and I'll send you more next month. And you call it in. Don't you pretend it's not there. Amen? You face those things. If you owe men, you face them and you tell them, I know I owe you. Don't you avoid them? You face them and you tell them, I will pay you. And then you believe God. Oh, God, I'm asking you for mercy. I'm asking you for grace. I'm, you know, I'm asking you, God. Lord, you've got to help these people find favor with us. 
I mean, we've been at the place before when we were at our first church when we was getting started where we couldn't pay the rent. And we got behind. We were in the oil crunch and the devil crunch, and we were in every kind of crunch. The oil, mar- the oil boom crashed in West Texas. Hallelujah. And, and the devil got in in some other ways. And, man, we couldn't pay the rent. We were in faith, though. I tell you what, God's grace, I mean, we, Pastor, he went to our landlord, and our landlord, God moved on him. He was a heathen, but God moved on him. And he was, I mean, he wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do this out of the mercy of God. Of course, most of the time when you need mercy, because the church is mean because they don't know God loves them. Hallelujah. The, most of the time when you need mercy, the best thing to have is a good old rank sinner. Amen? Really? And so this man, you know, he was merciful to us. And he was kind. And, we, and you know, he even started trying to figure out ways to help us get it paid. And he was going to... He, they owned an insurance agency. And, and so they were going to put a, one of those big monster satellite dishes like they used to put out. They were going to put one outside their office to call down some sort of things for their insurance thing. And so he just said, you know, Michael... You know, why don't you get the men of your church and why don't you install this satellite dish for us instead of me paying somebody else? And, and you know, when we'll pay y'all to do it and that'll pay the rent. See, he got on our side because God moved on his heart. Amen? Hallelujah. And so God will do that for you. God will do that for you. Hallelujah. Amen. And you've got to do what he tells you to do. When you get in a, 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 a trouble, sometimes God will tell you to sell something. He told us to sell something. Well, I wouldn't want to do that. Well, you may, not, you may be in a bind then. I tell you, I've had garage sales just to pay the bills. When we first started in the pastoring, I've had garage sales, and I had porcelain figurines that I had collected, and then were in the garage sale. Hallelujah. How many of you know that stuff don't mean anything? Get your eyes on Jesus. He has more than paid all that back. Amen. He told us to sell a... We, we owned one thing in the world. It was a suburban. We had it paid for. We had to sell it. We went to drive, driving a Cavalier. Well, we wouldn't probably have to do that now because we know more than we knew then. We have more of a renewed mind. We got more understanding in the Word. There's more revelation even out there than there was back in 1982. Leroy Thompson was not around to tell us how to get in our wealthy place in 1982. Amen? But what I'm saying is you will have to do what God tells you to do. Amen? But He will bring you to a wealthy place if you'll keep following Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Um, without the anointing to prosper, you will worry about money no matter how much of it you have. Some people have so many cares about money they aren't even able to pray. They're so bogged down with cares about money they can't even pray. Let's turn over to Psalm 62, verse 10. Thank you, Jesus. So we want to get under the anointing to prosper. Hallelujah. The anointing to prosper. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
says, Trust not in oppression, and become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. We're talking about keeping our eyes on Jesus and not looking to men for prosperity. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. I want to read to you again from the book. Money is one of the easiest things to have in your life. But you have to get ready. You have to get equipped. God will not prosper you so you can leave him. If some people right now had all their bills paid and $50,000 left over, they would forget God, Jesus, and the church. They'd be out fishing on Sundays instead of going to church, and it might not happen immediately, but gradually they would forget God. See, you've got to examine yourself. He says, I encourage you to check up on yourself and do a spiritual inspection. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I trust that we're none of those. Thank you, Jesus. Foundation stone number four says, well, if we're not going to trust in uncertain riches, where are we going to trust? Put your trust in the living God. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says that Jesus died so that you might be made rich. Let's read that. See, you think he just died, some of you, so that you could go to heaven. He did, but he also bore things besides iniquity for you. 2 Corinthians 9. Oh, I got the wrong scripture wrote down. Pastor can probably... 8, 2 Corinthians 8. Verse 9, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Amen. So where are you going to put your trust? In the one that did it for you. See, you're not trusting man to get you to heaven, are you? And you know, and you've probably already proved out that you really can't trust man. You may not know it experientially yourself, but you know somebody that's there that you can't trust man to get you healed. That it doesn't take very long in sickness for doctors to say, we've done all we can do. We don't know nothing else we can do. But God can get you healed. Amen? Praise God. Well, Jesus also bore poverty for you so you could be rich. So we put our trust in Jesus who lived and died to do that for you. He lived and died to redeem you from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord, how? With all thine heart. Not just trust in him a little bit, but with all your heart. With all your heart, I'm trust- with all my heart, I'm trusting you, Lord. With all my heart, I'm trusting you. Amen. Don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in yourself. We've talked about not trusting in other men. But I want to tell you something, family. Don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in your wisdom. Rely on his wisdom. He's smarter than you. He knows what's coming. He knows what's going to happen. Amen. Glory to God. I'm going to go over to Deuteronomy chapter 8. We're not going to trust in man. We're trusting in God. Deuteronomy 8, 17.
It says, And thou say in thine heart, this is talking about after you prosper, And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. How many of you know that's a dumb thing to say? He said, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. Family, this promise, this covenant promise of God is still in force today, that he will give you the power to gain wealth. Why? That he might establish his covenant. Amen. God, God is no respecter of persons. He prospered Abraham. He established covenant with him and prospered him. He prospered Isaac. He prospered Jacob. I'm telling you what, all the Jews in the world know that God wants to prosper them. When are the Christians going to wake up and know that God wants to prosper them? Amen. Galatians says that we've been made Jews. We have. He says Abraham is our father. And, that, and it says in Galatians chapter uh, 3, or no, actually, I think it's, it's either the first part of 3 or the last part of 2. It says, They that be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Amen. Hallelujah. We, if, if God gave Abraham the power to gain wealth, he will give you the power to gain wealth. Amen. He has given you the power to gain wealth. Hallelujah. We just hadn't known it. We just hadn't known it. We just hadn't known it. We've had the power to gain wealth. We just hadn't activated by speaking it. We just hadn't activated by acting on it. We hadn't asked God the right questions. I've told you before, I'll tell you again. God doesn't answer questions you don't ask. He'll let, there, he'll let you sit there and die in ignorance if you don't seek Him and ask Him questions. You need to ask Him, Father, how do I get in my wealthy place? What do I need to do? What do I need to change? But then you've got to do what He says. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you have a covenant and learn to tap into it, that covenant will just ease you into prosperity, into the wealthy place. See, sometimes we trust in our own power. We can, you know you're trusting in your own power if you're doing things without consulting God. Making decisions, changing jobs, doing business things without consulting God. When we don't pray, you know what you're doing when you don't pray? You're trusting in yourself. When you don't use the sword of His Word. When we try to get wealthy or when we even just try to support our families. God, I'm not trying to get wealthy. I'm just trying to support my family. But when we do that apart from faith, then we're trusting in the arm of the flesh. We're trusting in ourselves. We're trusting in our own intelligence. Amen. You know, we had a pastor way back when, right after we got filled with the Spirit, well, we uh, were fixing to get the left foot of fellowship from the Baptists. We were good Baptist boys and girls raised that way. Michael was the, he was the adult one Sunday school teacher for that was the young married men. And I was su assistant Sunday school superintendent in our Baptist church in Seagraves, Texas. In January 1st, 1980, we got baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. And it was a little town, a town of 2,500 people, and everybody in town knew. Word got out fast. Hallelujah, they had something to talk about for a change. Hallelujah, because they're going to, you know, they, they did, it was getting pretty boring around there, so we gave them something to talk about. So um, we were fixing to get the left foot of fellowship in the church, and so we didn't want to, 
we didn't want to cause a problem in the church. We didn't want to cause strife, so we came out. And we didn't know what to do. We'd gone to church every Sunday all our lives, and we couldn't just lay at home. So the next Sunday, we went to the Methodist church. They about freaked out because they had already heard about us. And, you know, and oh, I mean, they're scared of us. Boy, I tell you, they're scared. Hallelujah. So the next Sunday, we went up to Lubbock and went to Trinity Church. And that's a big charismatic church up in Lubbock, Texas. And Morris Sheets was the pastor. Y'all might have heard of him and uh, at that time anyway. And uh, it was one of the biggest, actually, at, at, at that time in the whole nation. And, uh, uh, but we re realized that, you know, at that point of our life and with our particular mindset that we had then, that driving 60 miles was not going to be a real good option for us for church. And so and we had a little kid and so forth. We had Colin. He was a little kid. And, uh, and so uh, the next Sunday, we went to the Assembly of God Church. And they didn't understand us either, but they didn't, weren't scared of us, and they loved us. They kind of accepted us just like we were, you know. They were just really loving people. Had a really good pastor. Had a real good pastor's heart. Wasn't a particularly good preacher, but he all had a pastor's heart like I've never seen before or since. Just really a good man. His mother was in the church, though, and I, I wonder sometimes if she wasn't the end of him because every Sunday as she walked out the door, you know, he'd greet the people at the back. And, you know, pretty often, I don't guess every Sunday, but pretty often she would say this to him, if you're all the cheese, we ain't got very much cheese. <laughs> she kept him humble. Let's put it, Mama kept him in his place, you know. Anyway, but, you know, family, you know, really, that's the truth. If you're all the cheese, you're just about out of cheese. Because you just ain't much. You just can't do it on your own. See, you're just a lot without Jesus. I mean, you're a lot with Jesus. Excuse me, I said that wrong. You're a lot with Jesus. But none of us are anything. None of us are much at all without Jesus. Hallelujah. So why in the world would we put our trust in self? Some of us need to make a change tonight and quit trusting in self. Quit making decisions apart from God. Get ourselves developed in a life of prayer. It's really not how long you pray, it's what you pray. But you've got to pray and you've got to ask God questions and you've got to listen to Him. You've you got to acknowledge Him in all your ways and then He directs your path. You've got to quit making bad decisions because you made them on your own. Amen? Trusting in that arm of the flesh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's read page 43 and 44 out of the book. He says it. The reason I'm reading it is because he says it better than I can. He, 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 he reads the verse that we just read, Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. And thou say in thine heart, mine own power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. Do you see the difference between these two verses? Verse 17 says, Don't say in your heart, My own power and might has gotten me my wealth. You might say, I would never do that. Yet we have tried to get wealth just using the arm of the flesh, depending on ourselves or others instead of on God. But when you have a covenant and learn to tap into it, that covenant will just ease you into prosperity, into the wealthy place. Now look at verse 18. It says, remember the Lord. He is the one who gives power to get wealth. Your job is not your source. I'm not telling you not to work. 
Your job is the place where you go to get seed. Farmers do not live off their seed. They live off their harvest. We are just barely existing when we try to live off our seed. The Bible says that God gives seed to the sower, but until you become a bona fide sower, he is not required to give you seed. What is a bona fide sower? It is one who sows at the Lord's command. A bona fide sower is one who sows at the Lord's command. Sowing, giving is the key to reaping and to entering into that wealthy place. And it takes a certain amount of faith and trust in God to sow. In other words, you won't sow if you don't believe God is going to bless you. You don't reap a harvest of financial blessing by marking up the pages of your Bible, underlining prosperity scriptures, and you don't reap a harvest by having prayer meetings. No, you reap a harvest of finances by trusting in the living God, and when you are trusting Him, you don't mind sowing. In fact, you are eager to sow. It's the only way you're going to reap a harvest and enter into the land of the rich. So you can't go into the land of the rich without sowing, can you? Foundation stone number five is learn to enjoy the blessings of God. Now, first Corinth, excuse me, first Timothy chapter six that we were reading from before. We'll go back over there. Verse 17 says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Amen. Now he's talking about having wealth here. We know that he couldn't be uh, talking about spiritual riches here because he says charge them that are rich in this world. And he gives them instructions. And then he even says that God was the one that gave them those riches and he gave them to them richly to enjoy. God wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to have good things. You have to know that God doesn't mind your having them or you won't be diligent in receiving them. Religion says that the less you have, the more holy you are. Some Christians are just focused on heaven. They have never learned that earth is a blessing too. You can tell that by the songs they sing. They've got a God get us out of this mess attitude. And they aren't enjoying life. Sometimes we sing songs that we're putting all the blessing over on the heaven side. Now I'm excited about heaven. Amen. I'm excited about heaven. And I think it's going to be wonderful. I think it's going to be glorious. I think it's going to be better than we ever dreamed, thought, or imagined. I think we don't have a clue how good heaven's going to be. There's this old, old song that I like, and it says, uh, Won't we have a time when we get over yonder? Y'all know that song? I think that's an old Pentecost song. Hallelujah. Won't we have a time when we get over yonder? We'll sing and dance, we'll shout, hallelujah. You know, we won't have to worry with the things of this world. We can give all our time to the Lord. We won't have to think about washing clothes. We're going to have a robe of righteousness. Amen. We're not going to have to think about uh, poop and scoop or scooping poop in our backyards because of our dog. 
I don't know why that came to me. Somebody actually, uh, somebody has that as a business idea. No, we read that in the paper, that somebody did that for a business in Birmingham. Getting rich, pooping, scooping poop. Excuse me, I, <laughs> I'm saying this wrong. Scooping poop. It's open. Hey, it's an open market. It, it is. It's a new business. Hallelujah. They're getting rich doing it. My kids would be good because I made them when they were little. <laughs> I made them do all sorts. I taught them well. Amen. Hallelujah. See, we aren't going to have to concern ourselves with those kind of things. Aren't we going to have a time when we get over yonder? But you know what? This earth was created to be a blessing to you. Deuteronomy says you're supposed to be having days of heaven on this earth. This is not supposed to be torture right now. And then one day when we, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Well, hallelujah, this is the day the Lord has made. Today is a day of rejoicing. Amen. But you know, and I know you know that, not anything really wrong with those songs, but you sing enough of them and you're going to get a perspective of, oh man, this life is hard, this life is, is designed to be hard, this life is, oh, bad. But one day, and you can get that perspective, and I want to tell you, family, you'll miss the blessings that God has for you on the earth. And I'll tell you something else God showed me. When you get that kind of perspective of, oh, it's hard down here, but one day when we get over there, you open the door big for the devil to die prematurely. You start opening the door for the devil. You start thinking how good heaven would be and how bad it is here, and the devil will accommodate you. Don't be so quick to want to go. Hallelujah. God wants you to have a blessing here. People that aren't struggling aren't in such a hurry to get to heaven. Now, this is what Leroy says. People that aren't struggling aren't in such a hurry to get to heaven. See, if you'll start getting the blessings of God operating in your life, you'll quit being in such a hurry to get to heaven. When you're walking in covenant fulfillment, you won't want to leave this realm so quickly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. See, we can have the door open to the devil. I, you know, I, it, it, I, I know God showed me. That's why a lot, a lot, a lot of people are sick and dying prematurely because they've gotten focused over on how great heaven will be and how horrible it is down here. And you know, you start believing it's horrible down here and the devil will accommodate you and he'll make it horrible. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to read to you one little more book from the book, and then we're going to wind it down. He says, In a prosperity meeting I was in, I got to preaching, and I stepped down off the platform, getting close to the people, and leaving my Bible and notepad on the pulpit. At one point, I turned around toward the pulpit, and I saw a man standing over my pad and Bible. He was sharply dressed in a beautiful brown suit with gold stripes. Now, I have a personal tailor, and I know what a nice suit looks like, but I have never in my life seen a suit like the one he was wearing. I looked away for a second and looked back again, and the man in the suit was gone. Then the Lord spoke to me and said, That was an angel of prosperity. I sent him here to back up the message that I told you to preach. Then the Lord showed me that he is not the only one. There is not just one angel of prosperity. There are groups of angels whose only assignment is to see that prosperity comes to God's people. Hallelujah. I, I, when I read this, I started believing God for angels of prosperity to be here tonight. 
Hallelujah. I don't think we ask God for things and him say, well, no, you know, that was just for Leroy. No, <laughs> God's no respecter of persons. Amen. It says, I was preaching in another meeting, and over the course of two days, I kept getting an impression to look over at the piano. On the third day, I got hold in my spirit what it was. No human being was sitting at that piano, but the Lord said to me, You can't see them, but there are three angels there discussing the whole matter. And they were there every day. They were waiting for somebody to believe the message so they could help him receive it. Hallelujah. So I want to tell you something tonight, family. If you feel like you need help with this, that's okay. Because God's got angels to help you. God's got angels that will just help you. Amen. Now I want us to read some scriptures real quickly tonight. Because, you know, the Bible says God hastens over his word to perform it. And he also says that the angels... They hearken to his word. Hallelujah. So if you want angelic presence, we'll start speaking the word. Amen. So go to Psalm 115 and just real quickly, let's read several scriptures. Psalm 115, 14. And, and, and I don't know if everybody agrees, but I'd like a little air in here. It's real stuffy feeling. Hallelujah. It says, 115, 14 says, The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Hallelujah. Are you speaking that one? Underline it in your Bible. The Lord will increase you more and more, you and your children. Ephesians 5, 17. God, gave, God spoke to me out of Isaiah chapter... Uh, go to Ephesians and I'll tell you this. Ephesians 5, 17. God spoke to me out of uh, Isaiah and gave me a scripture... Um, if you read it in, a, in another version, that scripture that says, uh, 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 And great shall be the peace of thy children. What is that scripture? Somebody help me get started. What's the first part of it? I've got the... We're in there, aren't we? We got nothing. I don't know. Okay, anyway, anyway, it's that scripture. You can look it up later. But if you look that up in a different version, it talks about the prosperity that God will prosper your children. And God spoke to me, and he said, I'm going to prosper your sons mightily. Listen, when God tells you something or when you find a scripture, start holding it up before him. And I tell the Lord, I said, Father, you promised me that you would prosper my sons mightily. He promised me. He promised me he was going to prosper my sons mightily. Hallelujah. He pro he's no respecter of persons. You can take that too. See, if he promised it to me, he's no respecter of persons. It has to be for you too. So start saying over your sons and your daughters that God prospers them mightily. They'll never walk where you've walked. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians 5, 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You need to understand what the will of the Lord is. If you don't understand what the will of the Lord is, you'll never have the will of the Lord. Amen? You'll settle for less. 3 John 2. Oh, glory. 3 John 2, you know this. Beloved, I wish. Some versions say pray. Some versions say desire. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. God wants you to prosper. Amen. John 10.10. 10. We read this this morning. Pastor had us read John 10.10 10 this morning. But it does us good. Hey, you ought to read it every day. I've told you how to mark your Bible. I've told you how to have it. So all you have to do is flip pages and read the yellow parts. Speak in the Word. Speak in the Word. The thief cometh not 
but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I don't care what interpretation you put on that family. There is absolutely no way to have abundant life without provision, without your bills paid. There is no way. You cannot have abundant life when your kids don't have what they need, when you can't take them to the doctor when they need to go, when you can't put good nutritious food on the table, when they don't have the clothes they need, when they're made fun of at school because they don't have what the other kids have. And you say, you, well, that's just not right. You know, we should not be led by social pressure. I, I believe that God wants your kids to have what other kids have and better. Amen. Now, I don't think we're supposed to give in to social pressure and pierce things and, and, and things like that. But I tell you what, when the love of when your kids know about the love of God and their parents are blessing them and their parents are when when things are right at home, when there's not a double standard at home and in the church, you know, and when things are right at home and when the parents are living the word at home, I want to tell you something. Your your kids won't want to do that. Your kids won't want to do that. Amen. Something's, I, I, you can say anything you want to, but that something's wrong when, when kids want to do those kind of things. Somewhere, and we just got to face it, somewhere we missed the loop. Through lack of knowledge or something like that, we missed something. Hallelujah. Okay, Psalm 23.1. We we, I was, I was, That's what I was wanting to read a while ago. And it wasn't time. Psalm 23.1. See, you, you, you quoted this scripture at funerals till you're green. You quote, how, don't they quote this at funerals? And nobody even knows what this means. The very first line, family, get, you, some of you need to go down and take a dip in something. We need to dip you like you dip a dog and get the religion off of you. You need to be exterminated, exterminated, fumigated. I hate religion. I hate religion. Religion will kill you. It'll send you to the grave early. It'll stifle you in every way. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Okay, <clears throat> Psalm 23, 1. Listen to this. Really listen. The Lord is my shepherd. What does it say? I shall not want. Do y'all know how powerful that is? I shall not want. Amen. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. That just means here on earth, family. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I don't care how spiritual you are. Your cup is not, being, is not running over. You don't have joy. You are not happy if your kids don't have what they need. If you can't make your house payment, I don't care what you do, you can't run over with joy. If you don't have a car to drive and can't get to work, I don't care how spiritual you are, you can't get in joy about it. See, so there's no matter. You can't tell me that this just means spiritual. Because I've never, because nobody that's ever called this church and asked for money and said we don't have anything has ever told us how joyful they were. Amen. 
And I tell you what makes people happy is when they know they're God. They got their trust in God. They're not trusting in riches, but they're able to pay their bills. They're able to bless others. They're able to reach out and show the love of God. Ephesians 3.20. Oh, this is just a... This is just a tad of the, the prosperity scriptures that are in the Word of God. This is just a sprinkling. But I wanted to speak the Word of God out tonight because I wanted the angelic presences to come in. I wanted God to begin to hasten over His Word to perform it. In verse 20 it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. No matter how much you could ask or think, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above. Remember what Brother Leroy said, and we read that earlier, where he says, Tell my people that they can't dream too big for God. Hallelujah. Philippians 4.19, this is familiar to you. But we'll go there. I, I want to tell you something. It's good to just go there and look at it in your word. Underline it and love it. He that loves the word, you got to love it. That sounds like that church's fried chicken lady. you got to love it. <laughs> I like her. I think she's cute. I don't think. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to read to you from the book again, and then we'll be through. I thought I was through reading from the book, but I just found some more. Now let's look at 1 Timothy 6, 17 again. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. What does that phrase, all things, include? Well, it includes being out of debt. It includes having a nice house. It, I tell you, God doesn't mind you're having a dream home on your mind. And he doesn't mind your having it, possessing it. God loves dreamers. You can get to the place in your faith and in your obedience to God where you will just start thinking about some of his blessings and they'll show up at your front door. I encourage you to dare to dream big for God. Dare to dream of having more. Dare to dream of giving big. Dare to dream about coming out of the status quo and about going to the top with him. Think about a few things you want right now. Think about where you want to live. God gives us all things richly to enjoy. As you lay a good foundation, the power of God can hit your life like never before and take you places you've never been before. The glory of God will drop down on you and put you in a position to receive like you never have before. I dare you to believe that you can be out of debt. I dare you to believe that you can live in a dream home. I dare you to believe that you can be a big giver. God giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So learn to appropriate and enjoy the blessings of God. Others, especially religious folks, will try to intimidate you by saying, you're just after money. But no, they have it backwards. Money is after you. God said the blessing would overtake you, Deuteronomy 28, 2 and 15. That means it will run you down. But you have to have the word on prosperity, the revelation of divine wealth down in your spirit. You can't let others tell you it's not right. They will try to send you back to Egypt while God is trying to get you to the promised land. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up together tonight. Glory to God.